Hello again, everybody, moms and dads, boys and girls. This is The Chatter, episode 43. We're recording on Monday, May 16th, in the year of our Lord, 2022, the feast of St. Ubaldus. We saw his body. Indeed, we will do that. We've got a great show. You don't want to miss this. Back in the studio is Art Galoon. We've got all kinds of things about life. We begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Remember, O, o most, most gracious Virgin Mary, Mary that, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions. But in thy mercy, hear and answer, answer me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I confess to not being on a first-name basis with St. Ubaldus. Okay, and I never heard of him either. And, and those that know my husband, he, they know he's bald. So when we went to Italy in 2000, oh, we were... It's not going to be one of these stories again, <laughs> is it? We were in this little village, um, and there's St. Ubaldus on top of the high altar looking kind of shriveled because he died, I don't know, in 800 or so. But he's dressed like a bishop, and there he is in a glass casket. And um, they know that he had, like, rice and vegetables for his last meal. Mm. And his feast day is on Bill's birthday. So it's now in my and, mind, St. Ubaldus, May 16th. And he's uh, he's bald, too. Yeah, Bill. I, oh, Bill's bald, too, yeah. By I, choice. Did you hear in the U.K.? You can now, in the U.K., you can be charged with, I forget if it's sexual harassment or hate speech, if you call a guy bald. Tell me. Did you hear that? Well, no. Colleen, the only thing I can say is that you can tell your husband, Bill, that God made some heads perfect, others he covered with hair. That's right. Got to give him a, uh, a big shout out, though. Those uh, two cases of ice cold bottled water Saturday afternoon hit the spot. Right. He turned 62 today, so happy birthday to Bill. And back in the studio is uh, attorney Art Galoon. Art, give us uh, that 30-second bio for those who... I've got to look up when you were in the studio. I'm going to do that. Give us the bio again. Last time I was here was uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day. I was going to say it was February 14th. I thought you were. Mm-hmm. Well, I am Art Galoon. I'm an attorney here in Dubuque at Galoon Wright & Hamill. I am a 1975 graduate of Notre Dame, a 1978 graduate of Iowa Law School. I'm licensed in the state and federal courts in Iowa. Licensed in Wisconsin, the uh, appellate courts, and uh, licensed to appear before the United States Supreme Court. I'm in my 45th year as an attorney and um, have worked for a long time in the Right to Life movement in various capacities and uh, currently on the board at Dubuque County Right to Life. And um, I'm married, have three adult children, three grandchildren, and a long-suffering, wonderful wife, Penny, who is very wonderful and supportive and so i'm going to give a shout out to her there, there we go. go you want to shout out to marianne hey saunders how are you <laughs> oh the romance <clears throat> yes so february 14th that was a romantic day you were in here uh, recording art we had uh, anticipated roe versus wade going before the supreme court that it was on the docket for consideration that it might be released in in june since then all hell is broken loose (laughs) 
True. You're Orderly. talking about the leak. The leak. The, first, okay. first off, before we get into the substance of it here, uh, give us uh, your thoughts, point of view on the leak. Uh, is it a leak? What? What? Was it purposeful? What? What's your sense of it all? Well, you'd be hard-pressed to think that such a release of an official draft of a circulating opinion could be unintentional. And, in fact, the way it was released to the political reporters, certainly intentional. And in one sense, the good that has come from it, in my view, doesn't have anything to do with the working to the Supreme Court. Doesn't it destroy the integrity of the accord itself? I mean, it seems to me that it attacks the integrity, the security. I mean, this is, it's called the Supreme Court. It's not called the leaky county court no but without speaking ill of the the supreme court or the people that occupy the various positions there who help and serve the justices we have in this country a system that you know has three branches the executive the the court the judicial system and the, and the legislative and the legislative and we've pretty much torn down and and some have tried to tear down the executive and tear down the legislative and so at some point it's no surprise that there's someone out there yeah. maybe at the court wanting to tear down the legitimacy of the court and I don't know who it was or their purpose but if you always look for a good to come out of it in one sense a good that has come out of it is that um it has exposed each side, so to speak, for who they really are and what their true colors are. And by that I mean on the pro-abortion side, especially recent events here in Dubuque, for example, and protests around the country, it has brought to the surface the extremism of the pro-abortion movement and people who support that movement support abortion up to the moment of birth with tax dollars for any reason or no reason. They ignore the killing of unborn children, estimated to be at least 65 million since Roe v. Wade in 1973, and in our view, are not committed to really helping women by removing the obstacles to choosing life, whether mm -hmm. it's poverty, whether it's fear, whether it's they can't get help whether they can't complete their education, all those things get ignored when they have the safety valve of killing an unborn child. And they don't recognize that. Some will never recognize that. But the vitriol that you see now with some actors and actresses, with politicians here in Dubuque just uh, this past Saturday, State Senator Pam Yoakum and Representative Lindsey James spoke at a Planned Parenthood rally. With pride. With pride, and they have united themselves with the death movement. Mm -hmm. And neither of them can call themselves pro-life from this point forward and even before. No. Because Pam Yoakum voted against the Protect Life Amendment to the state constitution, which passed the Iowa Senate over her nay vote. She recently voted in the Senate of the Iowa legislature against the Moms Act, more options for maternal support, voting against practical and meaningful help for women who uh, are in distressed pregnancies, everything from rent 
to education, to health care, to car seats, to food. She voted against that help for women in crisis pregnancies. Now, uh, and in contrast to her, State Senator Carrie Kelker voted in favor. Carrie's out in Dyersville area, west uh, of Butte County. Yes, I believe. And she voted in favor of the mom's bill. Now, the legislature has been in a temporary hiatus, but the mom's bill is coming back before the Iowa legislature, hopefully later this week or next week. And it's in the House now. And so our state representatives on the Republican side would be uh, Shannon Lundgren and Steve Bradley. Steve Bradley over there. And both of them voted in favor of the Protect Life Amendment in the past. And on the Democratic side, it's Chuck Eisenhart, Lindsey James, and I think they're the only two from the Dubuque area. Mm-hmm. They have voted in the past against the Protect Life Amendment. So let's the be clear, they're Amendment. voting against car seats, food, formula. Well, I'm, they're, I'm they're, talking about two different things. Well, they, the they Protect had, Life Amendment, yeah. which, good point. So let's, the Protect Life Amendment in the uh, Iowa State House needs a second reading is that correct give us next yeah the protect life amendment passed once last year in 2021 voting in favor of it were steve bradley shannon lunger and carrie kelker the first two being representatives carrie being a state senator on the other side the protect life amendment pam yokum voted against it ad did as did a republican representative lee hine from monticello one of one of only three republicans to vote against the protect life amendment then so far the mom's bill this year has only come up uh, so far in the Senate for a vote, where Carrie Kelker voted in favor of it. And, and that's the bill to provide yes, sustenance after yes. birth for critical, everything from food, clothing, car seats, what else? Right. And, well, everything. Housing. Yes. Anything yeah. to support the mom, yeah. right? To, re- to remove the impediments to a woman saying, I can't have this baby. And to directly refute the charge that pro-lifers only care about children before they're born. Yay? Right. Yeah, exactly. This is meaningful legislation. It's a start. And so what will come up now is um, Steve Bradley and Shannon Lundgren and Chuck Eisenhart and Lindsey James will all have an opportunity to vote either for or for, against the moms. Yeah, and, for and women. For Yeah, very much so. For help for women, instead of saying we have to have abortion, abortion, abortion. And the thing that would have been interesting Saturday for the pro-abortion folks down there who were advocating abortion at any time. Do we time, have to call them pro-abortion? Oh, I think so. It's, well, no, mean, it's no longer pro-choice. No, no, certainly, you, you, no, I think, I think it's more graphic. Huh? I think it's more graphic than that. And we can talk about that some of the education now has to be about what abortion exactly is. Yeah, it's for 50 years we've talked about abortion, and it sanitizes the killing of children. Right. And, and one thing recently that I've, I was saying to someone the other day is we, we're used to now seeing not only violence in regular television um, oh yeah. Particularly violent against violence against women in television, movies, and the, the secular arena, I would say. But then also the news media. How often do you see something that's prefaced by a warning that says the following story is going to be graphic in nature? It's going to talk about either sexual assault or violence or you know war, and you know viewer discretion is advised. Or if if this will upset you, consider whether you want to watch or not. And this those those warnings even come in regard, for example, to what we've been seeing in Ukraine, which we should see. Exactly. The death in the streets in Ukraine, citizens and children in hospitals being bombed, and all that type of thing. 
But violence is violence, particularly against children. So if Roe is overturned, part of our educational message has to be to get dis dis dispensed uh, and displayed for America what abortion really is. And it's easy to talk about abortion when you don't have to face the fact that it's killing children, dismembering children. We, Since our last uh, chatter talk, we had our annual Dubuque County Right to Life Life Dinner, and Dr. Steve Leventino came and explained exactly what happens in an abortion. It's graphic. It's uncomfortable. Showed it, the tools of the trade. Yes, and, and, it, and, it, and it drove home the idea that you have to talk about the reality of abortion, and you can't mask it in these, these words. Just, well, it's all about choice. It's all, you know, let it be seen for what it is. Yeah, and from the pro-life perspective that I know you two agree with, and I'm sure your listeners will agree with and people of common sense will agree with, is Roe has always been on a collision course with science, and it's always been a civil rights issue. It doesn't have to be a religious issue, although for many it is, particularly the driving force behind what people do, but the, the, the point being the science of life before birth has not changed. And... The really scary part of the debate as it moves forward, if and when Roe hopefully is reversed, is you will see people who are content to accept the idea that an unborn human being is being killed, and they don't care. And I think I think that's it. But correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the Roe v. Wade decision even say um, science? And this was in '73, so. Didn't they say something along the lines of, you know, we're not sure when life begins, but if science ever proves that life begins at conception or shortly after, then this ruling is moot? Well, they didn't say it quite that way. They said they're, they're, what exactly Blackman said was, Justice Blackman uh, said, we need not decide the difficult question of when life begins. But he was wrong with that case. They were deciding when life began. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if you can kill an unborn child, you're, mm -hmm. you're saying implicitly that life hasn't started yet. Otherwise, yeah. it would be a crime. I thought he said something about if science ever, you know, advances to the state. Well, if he didn't say it, others did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just seem like, I'm, well, that should be the whole thing then. We Our can guest is uh, Art Galoon here in life. the studio. That's a familiar one-time voice we got to have him back because this issue isn't going to you know a lot of people think this is the end of Roe but uh, let's talk in context of I think this is the beginning it's the beginning of a if Roe is overturned and even if it isn't I mean the work of you know great organizations like Dubuque County Right to Life, Mary Zinn, Birthright, Clarity Clinic and all the Right to Life organizations statewide and around the country has to go on because the fight will continue let me give you one example of that. I just heard a radio show today for an hour on what is going to be the next tact, if you will, of yeah. the, the pro-aborts. And Roe v. Wade was decided based on what the court at that time found in what they called the penumbra or shadow of the Bill of Rights. And that was a right of privacy. It wasn't discussed in terms of religious freedom and those kinds of things. So Roe and its progeny, which is the cases that followed, always talked about privacy. The pro-abortion lawyers who argued in front of the Supreme Court in December on the Dobbs case said really what we're talking about is liberty, freedom, you know, American values of liberty and freedom. So this privacy in Roe morphed into what now the pro-abortion attorneys argued to the Supreme Court recently was the, the, the principle they're relying on now is freedom. Well, if Roe is overturned, 
all that goes out the window. So what's left for the pro-aborts to argue? Believe it or not, and I know Colleen has a column recently. If you're driving, pull over down JFK. If they're driving, we need to warn them, Art. This is big. Okay. If they're driving down JFK, pull over. Well, what I what Art's going to drop one on you. <laughs> okay. What we want them to look out for is people that will claim restricting the right to abortion is a violation of their religious liberty protected by the First Amendment. And for example, you will have doctors that will say, I believe it's my religious duty in my faith world to uh, help women get abortions. And laws banning that and protecting the unborn restrict me from practicing my faith. You will have um, perhaps women in crisis who will say um, that they believe bringing an unwanted, from their perspective, that my child who I can't raise or I don't want into the world is against my religion. And that will spawn a whole minefield of litigation over state protections for the unborn and help for women. And it's, it's going to be real interesting because Roe and all the cases following it never really addressed that because Roe was so staunchly rooted in this so-called penumbra of rights in the Bill of Rights, but not tagged to freedom of speech or freedom of religion or, you know, any any stated right in the Constitution. It was in this sort of amorphous right of privacy and then later liberty. In the, in the shadow of the Constitution, so to speak. Yes. So it's very scary, but, but a couple of things I'd offer in that regard. When, when the abortion movement started, it was really started by in part by two men named Lawrence Later and Bernard Nathanson. Bernard Nathanson was a physician who you might remember. And in, in their book, in his book called Aborting America, he talked about how they made the Catholic Church the enemy of abortion, an enemy of women. And so now with this claim that you will see everywhere about abortion uh, restrictions prohibiting people practicing the religion, you're going to see Christian, Catholic, Evangelical, and other faiths, certain uh, 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 Judaism, Muslim, on and on. Any theism. That, that, that say abortion is wrong will be attacked as people imposing their religious views on the pro-aborts and their religious views on women. And it's the same tact sort of in reverse that they tried back in the 60s that got abortion legalized, quite frankly. It worked. And, and part of it is to say the Catholic Church is trying to impose its morality. But the interesting thing is, when you view it from the civil rights perspective, when you think of Martin Luther King, our Baptist minister, who was one of the leaders of the civil rights movement, no one ever said, well, Dr. King's trying to impose his morality and his religious views on me as a Baptist minister because he thinks that African Americans should be treated equally. Art, we're going to hold you over to the break here. We're listening to, uh, we're talking to Art Galoon, attorney and Dubuque County Right to Life member. Uh, we'll be right back for segment two on The Chatter. We're back in the studios, Colleen, and uh, it's always a treat to have Art in here, Art Galoon from the Dubuque County Right to Life, and uh, attorney has been fighting for, uh, for life 40 more years. You told me twice. Art, well, 40. Maybe a little longer than that since high school. Let's say 50. Oh, <laughs> that's close enough. 
Anyway, it was last century when you started out doing <laughs> all of this stuff here. So we were talking about, and you haven't heard all of the uh, chatter episodes here, but you uh, you stole the book from our, our page here. I did want to, uh, in the last segment I said, uh, we've got to stop sanitizing the killing of children by calling it abortion. In fact, we've got an unwritten rule that says it's satanic child sacrifice. And you lit the fuse in the last segment here. You said that the next tactic for those who are advocating the killing of children is to deem equality as a religion and First Amendment protection. Yay? Yes, through religion. And, and I know Colleen has some she wants to offer. I'll just say real quickly that the difference between... Um, and it, So the pro-aborts will say, for example, well, the... Cake baker in Colorado, Jack Phillips, who recently sued for Masterpiece Cakes, where he didn't want to design a cake mm -hmm. for a gay wedding. And the Supreme Court of the United States ultimately upheld his right, actually kind of on an on a unrelated issue. But anyway, he won the case. But the difference, so, so the pro-aborts are seeing a current Supreme Court that's very sensitive to upholding religious freedom. So as I described before, they're going to try to move through the courts claiming that abortion uh, is in many circumstances the exercise of religion protected by the first the free exercise protected by the first amendment and no state can make a law limiting etc but what the difference is is that we don't allow any religion that wants to kill children to operate in this country we don't allow someone who says it's my religious belief that my neighbor runs over my child with their car, I can go take one of their kids and kill their kids. We don't let that happen here. And so that's that's the most distinguishing feature. But the scary part is the pro-aborts have realized they've lost the scientific battle. They can't really say this isn't an unborn human being. So they're conceding that now and just saying it's a matter of right. They, right. they know they can't win an argument, especially with the younger generation that's seen ultrasound pictures of their younger brothers and sisters. They will not win that argument. The argument they're trying to win is, we know it's it's an unborn human being, but that unborn human being's right does not override the right of the mom. So, Colleen, tell what you... Yeah, well, earlier, Tom, when you said that we don't call it abortion here, or choice, we call it satanic child sacrifice, satanic mm -hmm. child killing. You know, I'm sure some of our listeners thought, okay, that's a bridge too far. That's not, you know, come on, Tom. He's done walk it back, again. Walk back from the edge, right? However, I don't know if people saw the story. Dateline Friday the 13th. Yeah. Dateline Friday, May 13th. So all of our listeners that love Fatima would recognize that as the anniversary of Fatima. The our first Lady apparition. Fatima, first apparition. Anyway, the headline, LifeSite News, Satanic Temple to Demand Religious Exemption for Abortion Ritual in Court. If Roe overturned, it goes right to what you've been saying, Tom. And here it is in black and white. I don't mean white. to be prophetic. I wish that I'm not. I know, but this you are vindicated in this story. And uh, and it also is speaking to what Art's talking about, how the pro-aborts, the pro-killers, are going after the religious exemption. I, but I, And I think that's exactly right, Colleen. I just want our listeners to understand, hopefully, what you mean by that, the satanic killing. Colleen operates Mary's Inn. Just recently took in another young woman in a uh, crisis pregnancy who's going mm -hmm. to live there, be helped, and choose life. Yep. 
when we talk about abortion being satanic ritual killing in this country and really this elevated on this altar of death, I know we don't mean that that young woman who's considering abortion or even women who have had abortions are satanic. They are not. They are women who were in circumstances that, you know, put them somewhere where regretfully they chose abortion. And, you know, the pro-life movement has never judged those women because many of them did it in a situation where they didn't have the resources, they didn't have the knowledge, they didn't have the information. Well, they've been victimized too. Yes. They're vulnerable. They're in a vulnerable position. They're preyed on. I'm sure you want to clarify that so our listeners don't think, gee, are they calling these young women Satanists or? No, we're not. We're not. We're saying that there are victims in here. We've talked about that. But Mm -hmm. at its root, those who argue for this killing of children, what they're going to do, Ard, is, uh, and you don't, you know, I understand you're an attorney and you can't, uh, you're all fact-driven. <laughs> I'm not. Here's, here's the trajectory. They're going to deem that their belief, their cult, is on par with the Catholic Church, that they enjoy equal protection under the First Amendment. They're going to say that abortion is their sacrament. They're going to say killing children, satanic child sacrifice, is their sacrament, and it is holy. That's what they're going to say. Now, I know you can't do that in your position. I can. This is the trajectory they're on. And the thing they say in here is they have announced that they're researching the possibility of creating religious abortion facilities. So a girl feeling desperate and afraid might go to one of these facilities. It's not going to have a big picture of Satan on the front. It's going to be called Woman's Choice, right? They'll unknowingly go in. The killing centers will be their churches. Correct. Yes, but the, they won't the, know that going in. Exactly, the woman and they're going won't. to victimize these, these women. Philosophically, religion is subservient to justice. Justice is what is owed to God. Correct. Religion is subservient to justice. The satanic temple cannot be deemed equal to a religion because its head is Satan who cannot be equal to God. Amen. Amen. So it falls on the face of it, uh, on, on, the, on the face of what's, what's going on here. The, the, um, and I'm glad you brought that up about the uh, young 16-year-old uh, who's, who's pregnant in the, in, the, in the dozens, the hundreds, the thousands, and tens of thousands of women who have chosen life who have done that, and the, and the women who regret their abortions in here. We're not here to demonize them. Absolutely not. God is full of forgiveness. God is full of mercy. But his justice demands that these organizers who are perpetrating these legal decisions are held accountable to justice. That's right. There will be justice. Because they are misleading women. You said it in the last segment in February. Abortion does no good for a woman. There's not one woman who came out better with her abortion. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yes, I believe that. I and hate to quote Art Balloon, but I think he said something to that he effect. He did, and this would be a great point place to put in that if someone listening to us has had an abortion, please contact Dubuque County Right to Life. They have a support group for women who have suffered um, an abortion, and it's a a support group that offers healing 
So if anyone listening... Is that what uh, the other organization, is it Rachel's... Uh, Vineyard. Vineyard. Mm -hmm. uh, does, that, mm -hmm. does that help? Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know much. Well, about. we've had those conferences at our office. We donate our office space for those uh, conferences and weekends to occur. But there yeah. is an ongoing support group. So don't think, I missed the conference, it's all over for me. You just called the Butte County Rights Life. There is an ongoing support group out there for you. 556-5960, area right code 563. Right mm -hmm. on cue. And say it again, we, we are not demonizing or, or chastising anyone who's had an abortion and is looking for support and help and, and absolutely a way to absolutely that's that's the two that's the, the two prongs of the pro-life movement mm -hmm. are help stop the slaughter of unborn children and correspondingly and is equally important is help women to find the positive pro-life answers to a crisis pregnancy that are there and have always been there at the 2700 or 3000 crisis pregnancy centers in this country one right here in Dubuque the Clarity Clinic and others, Birthright, Mary's Inn, um, Dubuque County Right to Life, the help is there. And uh, one of the things I think that the job we have going forward is to publicize that and then find support in the legislature. And if our representatives and, and senators down at the state house and on a national level aren't willing to support uh, money behind help for women in unintended and crisis pregnancies, that's not a good thing. We need people in there who will see it's a two-pronged solution because the pro boards talk about all these bans and bans. Everything's banned, restrictions and that. And we see it as, as freeing. It's a freedom for a, a young woman in college who finds herself in an unexpected pregnancy to be able to go to the college office and say, I need my exam postponed a week mm -hmm. because I'm going to have a baby or I have a doctor appointment. I need to take my exam at a different time and have that school, particularly a public university, be mandated to give her that accommodation. And if she needs to go to a doctor appointment, if she, and if she needs help with rent, if she needs a car seat, all those kinds, of, if she needs counseling, and if she, if she wants to give her baby up for adoption, help with that. You know, we give, like we talked about before, why don't we take the $450 million that the government is giving Planned Parenthood and give it to programs that really help women instead of victimizing them? $450 million yes. a year is more than a million dollars a day. Yeah. A million dollars a day yeah. of our taxpayer dollars that goes to the killing center of Planned Parenthood. Exactly. And that's not right. And we have we have no yay or nay say in in the exodus of that money. It's it's gone. It's Well, the Iowa Supreme Court uh, not too long ago upheld the Iowa legislature's right to defer Medicaid funding to from away from Planned Parenthood because of their connection to abortion. That right was upheld because Medicaid's a federal program administered by the states. Mm -hmm. And uh, Planned Parenthood lost that case, which was wonderful in the state of Iowa. So it went somewhere else. It went to places that, that uh, helped women. Well, can you imagine a million dollars a day, what that would mean to a place like Clarity Clinic or Birthright or Right to Life or Mary's Inn? A mm. million a day. Yeah. Yeah, between the uh, four of those groups here in town, we could uh, make the world a different place for a lot of moms and yeah. child. As a follow-up, and I don't want to change the agenda here, a couple other things that, that we might want to talk about I don't think we got to talk about last time, you're, and you're seeing it on a national level, since the Dobbs leak, the leak of that draft opinion that might overturn Roe, you've seen a couple of things happen on a national level. You've seen the uh, Senate 
propose a so-called Women's Health Protection Act of 2021. This is the U.S. Senate. Yeah. In last week, the Senate was not able to muster enough votes to get it even voted on. Couldn't get out of committee? Well, no, it got to the floor. Uh, Schumer from New York put it to a, a vote on the floor as to whether they should stop debate and then vote on the actual bill. Can we just back up and ask what the bill is? Because I know the other side tries to word things in a way that you think, oh, that sounds really good. So I, I don't even know really what this bill, is it well, a pro-life bill? No, it's not. It's called the Women's Health Protection Act of 2021. Fooled me. And when oh, you no. when you go on the congressional website, you'll see a summary and it talks in very generic terms. It sounds pretty good to just the common citizen reading it. It says this bill, this is the summary. The bill prohibits governmental restrictions on the provision of and access to abortion services. Specifically, governments may not limit a provider's ability to prescribe certain drugs, offer abortion services via telemedicine, or immediately provide abortion services when the provider determines a delay risks the patient's health. Furthermore, the government may not require a provider to perform unnecessary medical procedures, provide medically inaccurate information, comply with credentialing or other conditions, carry out services connected to abortion. That does two things. It makes abortion legal on demand, up to the moment of birth, and federally protected. It eliminates any state's ability to have a 24-hour waiting period or informed consent where women will actually be told or given an ultrasound to determine how far along her baby's mm -hmm, growth is mm -hmm. and so forth. So it eliminates... Was, was this the bill that Schumer wanted yes. and others wanted to codify Roe in, yes. in its uh, yes. anticipated uh, yes. reversal? So part of the reason it failed was because enough senators... They needed 60 votes to close debate under the filibuster. Right. So it failed, but the pro-life senators pointed out the fact that it removes every single restriction on abortion. It, it, it allows abortion on demand up to the moment of birth. It provides for no counseling to women uh, before their abortion. And also, a part I read about comply with credentialing or other conditions there were states that have laws that abortion clinics have to have be located within a certain distance from a hospital or have to have a physician supervising at all times and those kinds of things because women come out of the abortion centers, these killing centers, hurt. They go out by ambulance. There's just, if you look on live action, mm -hmm. you, all you have to do is go on the internet and Google women hurt by abortion and you'll see thousands of 911 calls to abortion clinics where women are dying having to be taken to the ER and so forth. Well, this so if they, if one, of the, one of the criteria then is that like a doctor needs to have admitting privileges Correct. and this bill wants to get rid of all that. All of that, all of that. So fortunately, uh, it didn't uh, pass. I, I, I read a bit about that, Art, and I, uh, I, we didn't prep on this, but I'm sure you can speak to it here. I, I thought I saw a trend that said that uh, abortions are trending downward. But digging further into the article, and I should have printed it out, Colleen. They were talking about surgical abortions, and there's really no way to track the chemical pill-induced abortions are here. Yeah, so, there's so, sur surgical, and the other term here is medical, which med is the pill abortion. So, but, but there are things being sold now out there. I, when I say sold, I mean propagated falsely, is that for a woman to take an uh, abortion pill at home and deliver at home, and it's advertised as a private, safe, uh, almost pleasant calming experience. It's anything but that. It's basically the woman delivers a dead child at home 
uh, without yeah. sounding um, rude or getting beyond the scope of our program. You know, usually in the bathroom, on the stool, alone. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible circumstance. And, and there's the, really no way to track that number. Well, no, I don't believe there is. But there's things that you can do in terms of legislation that would prohibit that. And then again, as we always say, if we're going to prohibit surgical abortions, if we're going to prohibit medical abortions because we recognize the humanity of the unborn and we want to help women, then that real help has to be there. So the real help that has to be there is we say to those women, come to this beautiful clarity clinic where you will be helped. The thing that's driving you to abortion, we will address. And you know, it's it's a real battle because people at center stage on a national stage, recently Janet Yellen the other day talked to a committee about how uh, unrestricted abortion is good for the economy because it keeps women in the workforce. It was, it was the craziest, most insane thing I've ever seen. We got to talk more about that with Art Galoon when we come back for episode three on the chatter. This is episode uh, 43, segment three, coming right up with Colleen and I. Back in the studios, this is FM 98.3 KCRD LP Dubuque, and this is The Chatter. It's episode 43. We're in segment three. Art Galoon is, is on there. You're, you're going to hear this show on Fridays at 1 o'clock, Saturdays at 1 o'clock, and then Sunday evenings at, uh, at 6 o'clock, and then it lives forever on the kcrd-fm.org website under podcast art. We had a break in mid-sentence with Janet Yellen here telling us it's, it's patriotic now. It's our economic uh, duty to have an abortion and keep the uh, women in the workforce. Well, she didn't quite say it that way, but I, I think... I, I think that's how she meant it. The Senate subcommittee that was hearing her say this, it was almost like she interjected it out of place and said, unre- basically, unrestricted abortion is good for the economy. Of course, everyone's worried about the economy now with gas prices and mm-hmm. you know, lack of baby formula and those kind of things. So for her to say that was irrational because what it demonstrated was the fealty or the loyalty to the pro-death movement. And it, it showed that Janet Yellen and others like her really aren't concerned at getting at the root causes. Of, she, she said it'll keep women in poverty. Well then, let's address poverty. Let's not help <laughs> yeah. women kill their babies. Let's let's find you know jobs and security and improve. Well, can we put a U-turn on the four hundred billion dollar Ukraine bill and bring it back to the United States for the women who are in poverty? Well, that's a whole other program. You know, to talk <laughs> just, to talk just, about generally where America spends its money. Those of us that are old enough to remember cigarette commercials. I remember the uh, was it Benson and Hedges? You've come a long way, baby. baby. You've mm-hmm. come so think about it here. You've come a long way, baby, from being barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen to at your slave master's uh, desk, his his PC computer. You've had your abortion, and it's good for the economy here. So you've you've come out of barefoot and pregnant, had a cigarette, and. Uh, Go to work because Janet Yellen says it's good for the economy. That's her pinch of incense to the pro killers. It, it, but she said the quiet part out loud. Art, this is what they really think. Yeah. The the other thing I'd warn people is you, you can't turn on the TV or the radio or look on the internet 
and, and not see all these so-called new polls about what Americans think about abortion. And routinely now, much of the media is portraying America as no one wants Roe v. Wade reversed. No one wants abortion to be totally illegal. No one, you know, there's no, you'd think there's no pro-lifers out there. But I always offer the best polling that is done in the country is at the voting booth. Mm -hmm. And what's happened over the last 50 years is pro-life Americans have worked very hard, including you two in this room and many others, to elect representatives, senators and, and representatives at the state level and the national level who understand that the culture of death has to be stopped and that women need to be helped. And that two-pronged attack has finally worked and hopefully culminates in the reversal of Roe v. Wade and then the continuation of that work and that effort. If that's really the the pulse of America, why do they got to tell us what the pulse of America is? Well, I don't think these polls are reflective of what's going on here. I think they're polls designed to tell us what to think. Well, if it depends on you ask the question. Yes. If you ask the question in a way that says, uh, understanding that abortion is legal in every state up to the moment of birth, uh, and that a human being has uh, a heartbeat that beats uh, 18 to 21 days after conception, often before the mother knows she's pregnant. If that's the question, they say, should you allow abortion in those circumstances? Most people will say no, but they don't ask it that way. Mm -hmm. They'll say, should abortion uh, be banned? Should all abortions be banned? Just that blank question. Should women be prevented from choosing yeah, abortion? Yeah, I mean, you can tell yeah, by the word. Yeah, yeah. so... You have to look behind the poll, the what, how the questions asked. But as I say, the best polling in America, how truly Americans feel, is at the voting booth, and that's what's happened in the last fifty years. That the pro-aborts basically were sleeping through because they thought that role could never go away. So now, in those years, they've understood and understand that that they need to get to the voting booth. I don't think they'll ever get there like pro-life people do because we understand the significance of voting for someone who respects life. But did you see on Saturday when we were downtown, the pro-killing side had a voter registration booth? Mm-hmm. We didn't have a voter registration booth on our side, did That's because everybody was there that was already registered. But I mean, the, so the point is, they are constantly you know, trying to sign people up make sure that their voter rolls are... I'm going to throw both of you a curveball here. We, uh -oh. you, you didn't know this was coming here, but uh, you know, we, we talk about the crime of abortion. Can we talk about it in the context of it being a sin? Yay sure. or nay? Sure. And can we talk about it in the context of it being personal sin and the sin of the nation? Because there are so many people who want to retain legal status for the killing of children and they wish that we would just go away. It doesn't bother you anyway. Why are you so concerned about it? Let's, can, can we talk about why is it so important that a nation not endorse the killing of children? My goodness, where do you even start? There are so many reasons why a nation shouldn't kill well, you its children. You know me, I talk for a living. I can start. Yeah. So first I want to say this as a side note when you mentioned crime. The pro-life movement does not want to make criminals out of women who choose abortion. Understand that. And it's, I just want to say the laws that will follow the reversal of Roe v. Wade will not be laws that penalize or put women in prison who have abortions. They may charge the abortionist 
who's victimizing that woman. But you'll see a lot of the media talk about, well, you want to make criminals out of women. You want, no. to, you want to put them no. in prison. That's not true. We want to make mothers out of mothers. Yeah. So I just want to offer that in the first instance. And then secondly, we've talked about this, I think, before. When you think about the culture and life and how people are going to look back at us, the, re- the only real true parallel for what's happened in abortion in this country is slavery. Sure, sure. And abortion is like slavery. Abortion right now and protecting the unborn is, in my view, the greatest civil rights issue of our time because the unborn can't speak for themselves. But the sin and stain of abortion is things like when we realize we're the only species on the face of the earth that intentionally kill their own before they're born. Think about that. With all this movement toward getting back to nature and respecting the planet and climate change, and we're all, we're all so attuned and inundated with information about you know, be true to your natural self and all that. It is so unnatural to kill a child before he or she is born, especially mm-hmm. since we all once were children waiting to be born. That's all the unborn are, waiting to be born. They're human beings. Your mom chose life. Thankfully. But the, the, the cultural sin of abortion is really the unfortunate success of people who wanted to propagate the falsehood that we had no better answer for women in crisis pregnancies, first of all, and then secondly, that it was somehow a positive step on the climb for equality for women to have the freedom to abort, which in the end became a freedom for men not to care. But is it a freedom? By definition, is it a freedom? No, and all you have to what do... What is it? If it's not a freedom, what is it? Well, I was going to segue into this. All you have to do is, is look at and read some of the literature from the, the pro-life feminist organizations, and there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And they talk about, you know, that it's not a freedom for women. It's nothing that, we, that women need to be feminist, to be women, to be equal. And... Um, uh, I actually had brought my iPad to look at some of that and offer some of that to to our listeners but, but by definition isn't a freedom uh has to be uh, a legitimate right you, you we're not free to murder indiscriminately we're not free to speak uh with uh, punity impunity freedom we, freedom comes from order right in many in most circumstances the natural law yeah the natural law so that just like we were talking before about the the coming wave of lawsuits claiming religious discrimination and discrimination against people who want to perform abortions, who want to make abortions their satanic ritual, or even the mainstream. There, there's no natural law that says we have a right to kill in error uh, worshiping a demonic god. Yeah, that's true. Um, in the time we have left, we have, perhaps we should offer the listeners some things. They can bring it back to Iowa. Any thoughts on that? You want to move in that direction? Well, we did have something going on last week, Colleen. What was that? Yeah. Hmm, let's see. Oh, was that? Oh, yeah. It was Saturday. Oh, yeah. yeah. There was a rally. A Art, rally. you were uh, down there for a while. Well, you two were. You were. You were right in the middle of it. So I'll let you take that away. Well, I'm wondering who who knows the backstory here in terms of the organization. I mean, within. Uh, so the leak from the Supreme Court happened on Monday, May second. Second. By Tuesday, May 3rd, there were people gathered outside, Tuesday morning, outside the Dubuque County Courthouse. I mean, that's one 
hell of an organization Gee. to get people motivated here. By Fast Sunday, uh, by Saturday, rather, um, May 14th, which was this past Saturday, right, Colleen? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an organization that went up uh, in, in about 24 hours ahead of time by organized by Planned Parenthood to gather at the courthouse and then march to the town clock, town clock plaza at 7th and Main Streets mm-hmm. with a public address system and the state senator and state representative that you mentioned, Art, were uh, live and in person speaking to the, uh, I'll say not right, but the license to kill children. I'm guessing 75 people probably down there to do probably that. marching from the courthouse up to seventh and um, and, and a group of 25 or 35 pro-life, pro-children, pro-women supporters uh, met and and marched down to the uh, prayed down to the uh, uh, mm-hmm. town clock mm-hmm. and uh, prayed right through the divine mercy hour here. I so we you. had uh, we had. Uh, four decades of the Rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. That's right. That's right. And uh, the and our side, the praying peaceful people, were not going to leave until it was over. Right? We were not going to leave early. Um, and I wish, of course, that we had had more people there. But um, kind of in our defense, we found out like the night before. It, it was such short notice. And, but the curious thing is... Well, I had, you don't get a million dollars a day to fund that kind Right? Of. For a million dollars a day, I'd stay up all night. And, but the curious thing I thought was two different people asked me, do you think they bust people in? Well, if you looked at the license plates in and around the courthouse, I, I drove around the courthouse here, and you know, I, you know, I, I don't see any locals, any local faces, yeah. other, other than the state senator and the state representative. Right, but you know, the main person, it said she was from Dyersville. And I just, I thought, I don't know, even that never even crossed my mind that they might have bust people in, whether of from course. Madison oh, or Iowa City or, yeah. but they could have. They're on the payroll. I only saw one person I knew who does live in Dubuque, and she left kind of early in the, in the thing, but... Um, yeah, you know, it's it's sad to see the women that were there with writings on their bodies, with some of the um, verbiage on the signs that no one should see. So i got to share this. I didn't do it. We've we're, we're got about five minutes left, guys. So I'm down there praying, and um, you know, it was very peaceful. For me, it was very peaceful. And I began thinking, you know, this is about the children. But then I be- began looking at the... Uh, the crowd of people, the 75 people out there, and there was something come over me that says, this really isn't about the killing of children, Art. This is about the people who are invested in the killing of children. It's one thing to lose those children, the souls of those women mostly, but men too, the abortionists, the legislators, the governors, the executives, and the judges in all of our states, and this is about them. And the real sin, and that's what I sent you the text on, and you were perplexed when I said, uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about, the, the sin is not the fifth commandment, thou shalt not murder. The sin here, and it manifests itself here, follow me, the sin, the sin is the first commandment, not allowing God to be God. The sin of Satan and Lucifer 
was not that he deemed equality with God, but rather that he did that which God reserves to himself. God is the creator. He is the author of life. He's the author of death. This is the domain of God. And when I saw those people, mostly women, I don't know if they were tattoos or magic markers, t-shirts, that says, my body, my choice. That's the sin right there. This is not your body. You are a child of God. It is not your body to do with it. The, ch- the body of the child certainly isn't your body. But you're not free to do with your body that which you want to do. And that was early in the prayer, and it, it morphed from there, Art. It morphed mm-hmm. from there. It, it, was, it was the definition of charity, I guess, is willing the good of the other as other. Those people who are protesting, it's what Christ said on the cross. Father, they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And for a moment, I wasn't on the cross, but I was with Christ on the cross, understanding for a moment uh, that sin against the first commandment. And we're all sinners, I get that. But it's not about, it is about killing of children, but it's, it's bigger than that art. Well, what I'd offer in that regard, too, is this, and I think I've said this before, we don't have people that leave the pro-life movement to go to the pro-abortion movement. It just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. So I'm sure as you looked across and saw those folks, you prayed for them and held them in your heart and thought, please, you know, at some point, through the grace of God, to come over to our side. And we hope that uh, that happens. In the meantime, as time goes on, unfortunately, in, in these limited spans of time we have on earth, there will be people we need to go around to protect life. And there will be people who, in our short span of life, we will never convince of the righteousness of our cause in terms of unborn and helping women in, in true pro-life ways. So while we pray for those folks, there's a lot of work to be done that, quite frankly, doesn't involve them. Mm-hmm. It involves your listeners and people who will say, what can I do to... How do they join? Oh, How do they join Dubuque County Right to Life Art? I'll just call us 563-556-5960 or go on Facebook and look for dcrtl.org. Easy to find. Uh, contact us and and we'll help get you information in any way. And um, we never turn someone away who wants help in understanding the pro-life issues and the pro-life movement. Colleen, 15 seconds and closing thoughts. Yeah, and I think the other thing that people can do besides calling Right to Life is we need to pray the rosary. This is a spiritual battle. Like you said, Tom, it's sin, it's demonic, it's a spiritual battle, and everybody can pray to end abortion. And, and Let's I- close with a prayer for everybody here. Let, let our, Art, you said it so well, and I'm going to ask you to say it again. We're going to pray for all these. The, the, these mothers are not criminals. Pick it up here. Who are we praying for? We're praying for the mothers. Well, I'll just offer a prayer. We're, we're, let, let's pray for the abortionists. Let's pray for the legislators, the executives, the governors, the presidents, all of the uh, justices in whatever level of courts, all of all of the people that run these. Uh, let's pray for conversion. We're all God's children. This is all the body of Christ. And please hold them in your heart, Lord, and, and 
and make them open to your wisdom, your science, your voice in understanding that the movement toward civil rights protection for the unborn and the movement toward true help to women in unintended and crisis pregnancies who are suffering through that is by offering them the help that they need in real practical ways that we as your servants are going to offer them. And let us pray. Glory be to the Father, and, and to, to the, the Son, and, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and, and ever shall be, world without end. end. Amen. Amen. Episode 43, Colleen Posnack, Art Galoon, I'm Tom Oglesby. We'll see you all next week. We love you. Thank you.